Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me the president and founder of Catherine Canty. Catherine Canty. Our website is catherinecanty.com. You can check it out at uh, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E. And her last name is C-A-N-T-E-Y.com. Catherine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. I'm excited to be with you. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Um, so one thing I like to do since 2020 is I like to do what I call like mental health check-ins and really ask people how you're really doing. So Catherine, how have you really been doing nowadays? It's <laughs> very kind of you to ask and to pause and, and just ask that simple question. I feel like I'm very blessed. And um, each year I have a new word. And a, this past year, before we even knew all this was happening, my word was gratitude. Mm. And so for the month, for the, for the year of 2020, it's just been all about gratitude. And I try to keep that consistent and aware. And we have so many things to be thankful for. And it's our choice to decide what we're going to focus on. And um, I think it really held true. So gratitude is, is just at the front of everything. And um, yeah, so it's been good. How about for you? How are you in the middle of all yeah. this? Oh, well, thank you for turning the mic around <laughs> and sending it back to me. Yeah, you know, I, I would say gratitude. I mean, not that I thought of the word first or anything, but um, I think I agree with you with gratitude. There's a, a meme that comes to mind that said something like, you know, I thought 2020 was a year that I was going to strive for new things and chase my dreams, but it turned out, and I'm butchering the meme. I'm just kind of paraphrasing it. But um, I found that 2020 was the year to uh, focus on what I have and appreciate what I have. And so that's very much been um, myself as well. And, you know, my husband and I are very fortunate that our business wasn't uh, tragically impacted uh, by this time. And so I think that's why I've been a workaholic <laughs> because it's like, oh, but I have work, you know, so I should keep working. But overall, just being grateful. So I, I appreciate you asking that question. <laughs> that's wonderful. I think that's great. There's a lot for all of us to be grateful for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Catherine, for people that are getting to know you for the first time, tell us a little bit about who you are and who you love to help. Thank you so much. So I was in corporate banking for a little over 20 years. I traveled around the country and I helped other people grow their businesses. And I love helping other people grow. And um, it was a natural progression that got into um, a leadership positions throughout these organizations. And I realized there's a lot of different way to create influence and to be able to be a leader. So throughout the years, as I was on the road, um, I was exposed to a lot of businesses, which was wonderful because everybody needs money and they need um, that guidance there. But as you go through businesses and they continue to grow, there's a bigger need for leadership and a bigger need for not just a manager, but somebody who's going to say what they're going to do and be able to deliver. So um, a few years ago, I reached out to uh, Marshall Goldsmith and learned a little bit about his practice and just fell in love with it. Love the people that I've been able to work with and um, was able to marry not just past experiences with leadership, but also be able to help other people grow their leadership skills and uh, in a very measurable way. So very much my banking mind, you've got to have measurable results. Mm. And this coaching process that we use, it, it creates um, positive measurable change to help retain your leaders um, within an organization. 
Yeah, I love that. Um, you'll have to tell me, we'll, we'll get in a little bit into uh, what the leadership coaching looks like. That reminds me of, um, okay, I can't remember the book, but it talked about like different leadership positions and you might know this, <laughs> but it, it said that, you know, for example, the title of leadership is not the only kind of leadership. There's different types of leadership, like leading by example or, you know, being a servant leader of some sorts. And so tell us a little bit, at least for your teachings, like what does leadership coaching look like? How, how do you set up your clientele? for success? Yeah, so um, I'm very much about a a process, especially when processes work. And I think routine is important for anyone just to be able to have the day-to-day. And I think now more through this past year, 2020, we realize routine is really, really nice to be able to get up and and have a purpose. So we take that and we, we use that within the leadership coaching. And so the process after the initial kickoff meeting and after the leader determines what their leadership skill that they want to work on, um, there's a number of leadership skills that people want to work on. Some of it could just be, you know, they want um, a higher level of executive presence. They want to come up here, you know, ready for this next role. It could be delegation. You know, as you grow within organizations, you need to work on delegating. Um, communication continues to come up over and over again. Mm-hmm. So they they select that leadership skill. And then we use an approach where it's always about future focused. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't change what's happened in the past. And what we can do is ask for leaders to be able to speak with their stakeholders and their peers around them and ask for them to let the past be the past. And then going forward, how can I improve my leadership skills within that past meeting that we have? So the next meeting we have, how can I improve on my leadership skills? And what are one or two things that that can help me with that? So it's very future focused. Mm-hmm. And um, they can decide, the leader can decide whether or not they want to implement it or not implement it. And um, just these very small conversations, we don't have a whole lot of time in the day anymore. Mm -hmm. And when you can implement small conversations with your stakeholders and your peers and ask future forward questions about, you know, how can I improve my executive presence in that meeting next time, um, you're going to get some valuable information. And I've used this process for my own career. And I thought I had to work in a certain way to get a promotion. And really, I just needed to communicate differently. Mm. And um, as a result of that, it, I got um, huge results at the, at the end of it. And I thought, gosh, I have to do everything so differently. And really, I just need to tweak a few things. And so when you ask your peers, what do you need to do differently going forward to improve? There may be a little bit of gold in there. And uh, consistently showing up and, and using that process over and over again creates momentum and positive results. Yeah, I love that. Uh, you mentioned that um, it's important to ask some future forward types of questions. So can you list us, if you don't mind sharing, like what are some of those questions we should be asking ourselves to be, you know, future forward, future focused? Yeah, so it's it's a pretty simple question. It's how can I be a better um, podcast interviewer next time, or how can I be a better podcast interviewee next time? Um, how can I be um, a better spouse? How can I be a better niece? How can I be um, a better parent um, next time this situation comes up? And you'll be able to get some information. And as you listen to the answers, we don't want to judge. We don't want to say, oh, that was a terrible idea. Mm. I've tried that and it's never going to work. Or there is no way in the world I'm ever going to try that idea. It's horrible. Because Mm. the third and fourth idea that somebody says, it could be the information that you're looking for that is enough to be able to create that positive change. 
And when we are, are kind of giving feedback that that was a bad idea, we may be shutting down the person who's going to be giving us better information in the second and the third and the fourth idea that comes across. So um, it's just important to, to be able to um, be able to ask that, you know, I tried it with my aunt and um, we were kind of like pen pals cause she's um, an older lady that lives in Florida. And I asked how I could be a better niece and it really opened up a conversation that I didn't ever have before. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. And then she emailed me back and said, you know, how can I be a better aunt? And so we got to ask these questions and we got to hear what their response was. And it's actually a gift when someone's willing to open that up and be able to share with you what is something that you're willing to, to do, you know, going forward to improve that relationship. I also like how you mentioned that uh, to sort of look at the answers with indifference or at least not like shun them or say they're bad because, you know, I think part of why maybe people are afraid to ask these questions is because they're afraid of maybe some form of rejection. Um, and so mm -hmm. to just create that safe environment of like, hey, let's just answer this. How can I be a better, you know, fill in the blank and let's just keep kind of building upon that. Then, you know, I think that as people feel more comfortable and sharing, the better ideas tend to come out of that experience. They totally do. And I was um, sharing a presentation with some Clemson University um, graduates or about to be graduates. And um, I shared with them, you know, your opinion matters when you get into the workforce. And what your observation is may not be the solution, but it could trigger somebody else's observation within a meeting. Mm -hmm. And then that's the solution. So we don't know where our our sharing is going to take us, but we all have very unique perspectives that allow us to provide um, information to organizations. And um, I encourage them, you know, you're going to feel new and it's going to feel awkward because you're used to being in school all the mm -hmm. time. But but strategically think about when can you provide this feedback and, um, and be, be okay if it's not the answer. But what if that answer helps provide somebody else some feed, feed forward information right. that allows you to solve the problem? Yeah, no, I think that's beautiful. Can you, uh, Catherine, give us maybe a case study, maybe a recent client you worked with where um, it was really about asking that question, how can I be a better blank? And it took until the third or fourth idea where it's like, oh my gosh, that's like the best idea. Like, have you had a recent situation or scenario like that? Yeah, so I feel like it happens a good bit. So I've coached <laughs> about 20 people this past year mm -hmm. and um, some of them were in a, in a group environment. And when we meet, we ask some very simple questions or talk about some simple questions. What happened? Um, what did you, what, what happened? What did you learn? What are you willing to do different forward? Um, what are you willing to do um, different going forward? And so what they're doing is they're providing the information from each stakeholder that they did see that there were some improvements in their communication, but they noticed that, you know, they needed to put down the cell phone in the meeting or they needed mm -hmm. to maintain eye contact in the Zoom call. And, you know, they resisted a little bit at first because it, it's change and change is really hard. But they also acknowledge the fact that, you know, I probably should put down the cell phone in that <laughs> meeting. And it probably will come across as being more present and more engaged with the topic. So there's always going to be that resistance of, oh, I just don't want to do it. But then they talk through it. And as mm -hmm. they talk through it, it's not, it's not anything that I'm saying, but we're just going through what this feedback is and feed forward. And they're like, you know, I totally just need to put down the phone for 30 <laughs> minutes, listen to what they have to say. The benefit 
from that meeting enhances dramatically when I'm willing to fully participate and be fully engaged with what's going on. So yes, there's always resistance to what this feedback is, <laughs> but then the leader has to work through it and, and figure out, um, is that something I'm willing to do to improve my career and improve my leadership skills? Yeah, that's amazing. It's like, hey, just put your phone down for a little bit and see what the difference it makes. It's like, even for me, I find that if I just put my phone like face down, I find that I have less anxiety because <laughs> I think I think I'm just a, like the notifications that keep popping up or I see it in like my peripheral. But to just put it down, it's like I feel like I be I could be more present uh, with people. Totally. And then even when we were meeting face to face, you know, just a short year ago, we would be in meeting rooms or you would drop by someone's office. And I couldn't tell you how many times, but people would come by the office and I would always just turn the, the monitor off mm -hmm. and then definitely flip the phone over just to be able to, to show people, okay, you've got my full attention. Yeah. Um, how can I help and how can I be present? Yeah, beautifully said. So Catherine, do you have uh, maybe um, certain industries that you love helping um, in particular? Um, the corporate environments, these higher, you know, corporate environments, that's where I have spent the bulk of my career is always working with these larger organizations. And there's just a way to navigate within a corporate environment that that could be different than, you know, maybe a small business environment. So when I've got my 20 plus years of working within banks, it, it just, when they tell me stories of, you won't believe this happened. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, it's not that much different than what happened, you know, when I was in a similar position. And if I can take some of that um, experience and lessons learned and failures that I've had along the way um, and be able to share that with someone else, um, you know, it was kind of funny. There was a, a lady that I was coaching and she was in a compliance role. And then she's trying to speak and, and build a relationship with someone in a marketing role. Mm -hmm. And we all know that compliance and marketing may not always see eye to eye on everything. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. But just talking through it with her and listening to what her perception was and then playing, you know, devil's advocate. Well, what do you think their perception is on the other side? And she said, oh, I guess they do have, you know, goals that they're set with <laughs> and that there are some things they're trying to work through. So it creates, you know, talking through some of this stuff enabled her to still get what she needed done. But it was in a much um, smoother atmosphere than, you know, something that I would have seen years ago if I had started out and you're like, no, I'm with compliance and I need to get it fixed ABCD yeah. in a certain way. So um, it, it, working within these larger organizations has been a lot of fun for me. Yeah, it sounds to me that the the theme and you sort of you sort of hinted at this uh, early on um, in the work that you do is just learning how to communicate differently, right? So that we can all like sort of be in harmony with like we, we all have like the same overall goal, but sometimes the way we communicate it or approach it is different and it could clash with you know the people that you work with. Yes, I've got one coaching client and he he is um, trying to just shoot text messages to the stakeholders. And he's like, some respond beautifully. And I said, well, you got to have different communication methods for different people. <laughs> and that's great that some of them are responding to text, but that doesn't work for everybody. So you need right. to tailor your language and tailor your communication method to get the results that you want to get. Otherwise, you're just keep hitting your head against the desk because you're not getting the information you want. And just having a number of years working with different folks is just ask people, 
ask them, do you like a text? Do you like an email? Is it okay if I follow up if I don't hear back from you? Yeah. Um, a lot of times I send out those friendly reminders and there's as much a reminder for me as they are for them of, you know, hey, I'm just going to put us both a future dated email that's just going to say, hey, let's touch base in two weeks because we all get busy and yeah. we need somewhere different to see it. It's on the calendar. Maybe it's, you know, in the phone, but maybe just that gentle email pop up is a, a nice way to keep the communication going. Yeah, I think it's about uh, being creative with how you follow up with people. Um, I know that for this year, I've been super creative and just staying in touch with people. Like I used to do, I mean, I do like a lot of things like text, email. I've learned to like send video, audio messages. And I just like have fun with it and people appreciate it. You know, I feel like people respond to me more when I kind of uh, surprise them with a different <laughs> message, like every time, whether it's a picture, or, like I said, audio, video and everything. And it's just about like, like you going back to the theme of learning how to communicate differently differently um, to communicate well. Yeah. So that reminds me of communicating creatively. Mm -hmm. um, I was working for one bank and um, wanted to get in touch with this other bank because I thought that would be an incredible opportunity to get to work with them. Well, the water main broke outside of their bank and they got really, you know, kicked out of the, the building for pretty much two months. And so I was still wanting to get in front of them, but I knew that I had to get creative so I went out to Amazon and I sent them a package of sham wows, you know, the, the super absorbent rags yeah. and sent them a note and, you know, paid the extra $7, have it gift wrapped, which was silly and um, sent it over to him and said, give me a call when you get the mess cleaned up. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, only the C-suite people are coming into the building to check on stuff really. And so it sat on the CFO's desk for probably a few weeks and the CEO came by and said, what are you doing with a bunch of sham wows on your desk? <laughs> he said, this lady wants me to you know, see if there's something open over here for. And um, we've worked together in the past and she does a good job. And the president said, well, maybe you need to give her a call because we need some creativity over here. Wow. And long story short, it ended up being an incredible job opportunity that I had for seven, eight years. So it was great. Wow. That's powerful. Like, I mean, even just the opportunities that come out of uh, communicating creatively, as you said, is pretty powerful. It is. Yeah. So uh, Catherine, I want to make sure before I pivot here uh, that I covered all my bases. Is there anything else you want people to know about your leadership coaching? I have been very blessed with the clients that I've worked with this year and 100% um, of the clients that I've worked with have created positive measurable results so many surveys go out to their stakeholders and all of the surveys that have come back have acknowledged that the leaders that I've worked with, and this is not anything special that I'm doing, this is the leader that's willing to follow the process, mm -hmm. but all of the many surveys that came back have come back with 100% positive measurable wow. results. So I'm so proud of the folks that I've been able to work with this past year. Yeah, that's a, you deserve a pat on the back. <laughs> They, do. Um, they did all the work. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And you were the catalyst, right? Like you were the one that prompted them to, to be who they are today. So that's amazing. Um, well, awesome, Catherine. So uh, I want to sort of uh, shift gears here and talk about uh, you as an entrepreneur. And for anyone that, um, you know, is listening to the show, we have small business owners and entrepreneurs from all walks of life. Um, what are some, I guess, overall uh, pieces of wisdom, tips or advice you want to share with them? Yeah, I think this works not just for entrepreneurs, but for anyone with a career. Um, there's a lot of uh, need just to show up, as we talked about earlier, just mm -hmm. this 
show up and be your authentic self. And as I transition from corporate into solopreneurism, um, it's still important to just be who you are and know who you are. Um, I think that's extremely important. The follow-up process, I think, is the second uh, most mm. important. It's just so important today. Don't worry if somebody doesn't call you right back. Just pick <laughs> up the phone and and be able to follow back up with them and realize that it's not nothing personal. There's just so much going on. There's so much noise out there. Um, have the encouragement and, and have that um, discipline to be able to follow up. And, you know, back in banking, we always did the two, two, two follow up where you follow up after two days, reiterate what you learned. Um, do that again in two weeks, follow back up, give a status of what it is that you're working on. And then at two months, just follow back up and see if something's changed or something's evolved. So follow up and has just always been a, a very important thing. And then um, after, you know, showing up and following up, it's really important just to lead with um, or lead with value. And when you can lead with value and not with a want, that's going to separate you from others. And how can you help other people solve the problems and the struggles that they have in their life? And when you're willing to do that, um, that's going to separate you from, from the rest of the folks out there. I love, I love that last note to lead with value and not with a want. Um, that reminds me of a book I'm currently reading um, called Go Givers Sell More. And it talks about by Bob Berg and he talks very much about like focus on value first. Like don't say like how, like what can I get out of this? Like how can I profit from this? Like that's a good question. That's just not a good first question. The first question should be like how do I provide value? And so I love that you uh, kind of close on that note, you know, show up, follow up and lead with value and not with a want. I think that's beautiful. Thank you. And you said the go-getter and literally within arm's reach, I can pull that book out. So oh, that's love funny. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's been my jam lately, especially when I, I feel like I'm like, am I doing, is what I'm doing right? Like, and I always have to go back and ask myself, did I provide value today? Like, did I make someone feel good about themselves? Did I have someone like share a piece of my content because I made them look good, you know? And it's like, okay, cool. Cause if I could at least get the no like, and trust factor in, then I think everything else can come, come in a little more smoothly. And it's so much fun. It takes the stress out of everything and it, it feels good to pay it forward and to help others first. So yeah. I love it. Yeah, me too, Catherine. Um, <laughs> Catherine, uh, I've, wow, I've just really enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks again so much for joining us here on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Jen, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to speak with you. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, thank you so much for that. And uh, again, to our listeners, this is Catherine Canty, who is the president and founder of Catherine Canty. You can learn more about her and her company at her website at catherinecanty.com, which is spelled C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-C-A-N-T-E-Y.com. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? 
where we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.